Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Heart to Heart podcast. We have a very special episode here today, uh, something that we've been really looking forward to talking to our parents about, uh, and the title of it is How to Deal with Your, with your Child's or Your Student's Disappointment. Um, in life, you're going to come across times, your child is, I'm sure you have, I'm sure, come across disappointing times or failure, and uh, we have a very special guest, one of our heart parents uh, that's here. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist, and that's Ms. Tracy Terrace. Welcome to the show, Tracy. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. We wanted to really explore how parents and the school can really support each other and support our kids when it comes to things in life such as disappointment or failure. And I want to kind of lead the episode off today with an article I was forwarded. Um, it's by Carrie Campakis, and it's actually one of her blog articles, and it's titled, Stress is Crippling Our Teens, What Can Parents Do? And one of the bullet points there was to destigmatize failure. So I want to read that to you real quick, and then maybe you can expand upon that, Tracy. Is okay. Failure isn't fatal, yet our world treats it like it is. Consequently, many teenagers view failure as an end of their story, not part of their story. And she goes on to quote the Forbes publisher Rich Carl Gard in his book Late Bloomers, The Power of Patience in a World Obsessed by Early Achievement. He states that the optimism of youth has been warped into a crippling fear of failure. He notes that just when you should be encouraging kids to dream big, take risks, and learn from life's inevitable failures, we're teaching them to live in fear of making the slightest mistake. So Tracy, I think in your line of work and with your your daughter and with many other students maybe you've seen, um, that we've seen, um, there are going to be times in life and in school especially where there's going to encounter failure. Would you Would you say that's pretty accurate? Oh, absolutely. Failure and disappointment is uh, they are teachers. And so when a child fails, um, one of the best things you can do is listen to them. Hmm. Like because kids want to feel heard. They want to know uh, for sure that you are on their side. On some level, they do know because hopefully that's the way you've been raising them. But one of the best things you can do is ask them questions mm. because you want to engage their own thought processes. In high school, we're in the pre-launch years. We're getting ready to let them go, whether it's off to college, the military, or out into the workforce. Right. So already they have a foundation. You've already done most of your job. Uh, getting them prepared for the world. Mm -hmm. They've already had some failures. They've already had some disappointments. And if you're the kind of parent that, you know, is, is super protective and you want to protect them from their disappointment, the thing I would say is don't. Allow them mm -hmm. to feel it and to engage in what has happened. And um, the reason you want to ask them questions is to get them to think through so that they, you can help them get to the heart of what is going on. Because it's a learning process, right? It you is. say think through it and, and work through it, right? I mean, it's not the end of the world, as the, the article stated there, that they perhaps got cut from an athletic team or failed an audition. Um, you, you know, we see it all the time, getting poor grades on tests. Um, so you're saying listening to the kids having that conversation with them, that thought process to go through, it's the best thing for them? Yeah. One of the things I tell my girls and also clients is the issue is never really the issue. There's always something deeper. So if you get 
cut from a team or if you fail to make a team, um, you want to what I'll, I'll walk you through what a, a conversation might look like. Sure. So you would ask, you know, what's what's going on? How does that feel? And what did you want? You know, why did you want to make the team? And so maybe the kid might say, I wanted to make the team because, you know, um, my friends are on the team. And then let them talk through that. And then you would ask, why, why do you want to be on, you know, part of something that your friends are part of? And they would think through that and answer, um, because, you know, I miss my friends. I don't have any classes with them. And I'm thinking that being a part of the team would help me to be closer to them. And mm-hmm. so you would listen to that. And whatever it is they're saying, you would ask a question based on what they're saying. Because in this kind of example, you might get to the heart of the matter where the child feels disconnected or lonely. Mm. And so on the surface, it looks like it's about, okay, I failed, I didn't make this team, but deep down there's a, a bigger and a deeper heart issue. And then you can address that and maybe put some things in place to help him or her deal with the loneliness or deal with being disconnected. It may turn out that they are actually feeling disconnected in the family if mom and dad have been busy. And so now they're looking to their peers to make up for that. And that's golden information because when you know what's really going on with your teen, then you can act on it. You can help them. Such critical information right there. You know, missing pieces all the time with our kids and and trying to figure out how to how to create that family or that support atmosphere for them. And it helps them to figure themselves out because hmm. the kid may not even realize, I feel disconnected, I feel lonely, but a conversation like that would help them to figure that out for themselves. And that's what you ultimately want because when they do launch, when they do leave home, they won't have you there every day right. to, to tend to them. So right. don't protect them from it. You know, like the worst thing you can do is call the school and, you know, give one to the coach or the principal when really it's a golden opportunity to help them to navigate life's disappointments. And you're such, you hit such a, a, a key point there and that, you know, our purpose, and I've shared it with you uh, listeners out there before on the Heart to Heart podcast, our mission is to grow these lifelong learners. And when, like you mentioned, uh, when they're off to college or when they're in a job, how will they deal with that? Are we setting these kids up for success there, or are we setting them up to keep a crutch? You know, are they always going to fall back on, well, I never got that, so, you know, is that some of the problems you're seeing with society, with these adults that grow up and don't have that learning, uh, that lifelong skill of learning through how to deal with this disappointment, how to deal with this failure? Yeah, I do see that a lot, and, and unfortunately, often it comes from uh, parents who want to protect their kids from disappointment for some of their own reasons. Maybe they went through a lot of disappointment. Mm -hmm. Maybe they didn't have parents that were able to help them navigate it. So they see it as wanting to protect the child. And of course we do want to protect them, but even more than that, we want to prepare them. We want to train them to deal with their own disappointments in life because they will come. And unfortunately, if they don't know how to navigate that, they will you know, feel crippled. Some people turn to things like substances. Mm. Some people turn to things like being in and out of relationships, shopping, you know, the, the, the screen is the big thing now. And there's people who are 
grown. They're in college or at college age at least, and they're still relying on things like video games or sure, you know to pacify right? yeah to pacify their mood. Right. You know, like disappointment. It's it's just an emotion, mm-hmm. and emotions mm-hmm. are very transient. You know, the thing to do is just let yourself sit with it and let yourself think about it. Mm-hmm. Think about what's going on for you. Or talk to someone when you have, those are all tools that you want to send your kids off, you know, in their toolbox so that they aren't crippled by life's disappointments. Yeah, I was going to ask you about, you know, some of the supports that we can provide them as a school or as a family. And I think, you know, the listening is one piece, but also allowing the kids to talk about it, right? And and enhance that communication skill because they will need that later in life. But also instead of just internalizing and keeping it in and holding on to something, it's such a great opportunity for us as parents or school members, uh, staff, to to talk with kids. And one of our foci this year was to really work on that relationship aspect with the kids and really get to know them a little better so that they can then buy into what we're teaching them. Yeah, exactly. I think that's that's exactly speaks to your point there as far as that support. Is there anything else families can do at home to, to besides listening and talking with those kids to support them? Yeah, absolutely. Um also being involved with their peers because as much as we have raised them in the during the adolescent years uh, the social emotional stage of development is is called identity versus role confusion and so they are figuring out their identity and a lot of times they look to their peers so don't fight their peers have their peers over and then pay attention Because people will tell you who they are if you're listening, and they will show you who they are if you're watching and you're paying attention. And what I mean by that is in having their peers over, listen to the ones that may be a little bit more wise. Listen to the ones that have good things to say, that have received good direction from their parents and are passing that on. Like you you can hear that when you're listening to their conversations, if they're all hanging out in the sure. living room or the den. And then maybe direct your kid, well, see what Stacy has to say. Like, what do you think Mike would do about that? Because you can hear what's in the heart of Stacy and what's sure. in the heart of Mike, whether they have condition, um, whether they have uh, wisdom and and good judgment and things like that. Uh, spending one-on-one time with your child where it's not necessarily the whole family, but just going out and doing something with them. One of the things uh, Jasmine and I like to do is to go and get our nails done or we'll go and get yogurt. And then sometimes we don't really talk about anything deep, but Sometimes it'll just come up. Like just things lends just, itself. Yeah, Those it situations just, lends itself. Yeah. To, yeah. Driving is a good time to listen because sure. they, they're not looking at you, <laughs> you know, and, and so they sometimes they feel a, a little bit more at ease. Journaling is another um, tool that you can use to help your kids navigate disappointment and, and think through failure. If there is a, a beloved aunt or uncle that they trust and they really connect with, that's a person that's within the family, maybe not in the immediate family, but within the family that could help them, you know, as they navigate it. Prayer, meditation, anything that quiets the mind. Mm. Um, I think of um, Mr. Miyagi in The Karate Kid that's and right. how he had him doing the wax on, wax off. Right. I mean, in that movie, you saw that he was actually training him with a physical, for a physical move. 
but but it was more mental, right? But it was more mental. Right. You know, it was a way like anything that's monotonous, and where you don't really have to think about it. It helps you to calm your mind down. And if it looks like it's a problem that the kid is not navigating it well and, and it's not getting through and it's starting to impair his or her functioning, then maybe think about talking to a professional. Mm -hmm. I know that in the Heart School District, you guys have therapists That's true. that yeah, are here on board. I have a private practice in the community. There's lots of therapists who have private practices in the community. Uh, depending on your insurance, your insurance may have therapy that's available. So utilizing all those things sure. to help them navigate. And you mentioned some about identity and, you know, nowadays with teenagers and identity and figuring that out for any teenager ever, right? They have to always uh, figure out who they are. And, and through this conversation and listening and making sure they can talk through these things, they figure out their identity. But one of the things that's been a driving factor recently with teenagers uh, in trying to form their identity has been social media. And one of the disappointments that we come across quite a bit is a relationship status breaking up. But more importantly is maybe not having too many likes on a social media platform, whether it be Snapchat or Instagram or Facebook. I know a lot of kids don't use Facebook, but how do we navigate through these times that you and I may not really know because we didn't grow up with that? But these kids, that's their whole livelihood. At least they they put the priority on that. Um, what have you done and what should parents out there look for when it comes to things like social media and figuring out who they are without having that, hopefully? Mm -hmm. Well, when I think about social media, I think about what we had uh, prior to social media. And prior to uh, all of the different platforms, we started having uh, reality television. Mm. And right. I, when with reality television, it's not reality at all, you know. So, like as a parent, <laughs> thinking about how you talk with your kids about that, because uh, reality television has kind of morphed into social media, and so what you see on social media is not real. You're looking at people's, um, um, what do you call it when instead of the background, like you don't see anything that's going on in the background that led up, you know, to that shot. You don't see all the filters. Right. You don't see what's going on, really. Yeah. And so you can't really compare. I mean, it's it's part of it. It's part of like identity formation. It's the time where you figure out who you are. And, and unfortunately, kids are often comparing themselves to, to that other perfect people. picture. Right. Mm -hmm. it, and it's not a perfect exactly. picture. Life There's, isn't perfect. Life isn't. You know, social media is great for connection and for gathering information and seeing what's out there. But for you to compare yourself to what you see right. on social media, it, it could be detrimental to your mental health Absolutely. in that what you're looking at is not real, but your brain is telling you that it's real. Sure. And when you're 16, 17 years old, you tend to listen to that, right? You know, and it's it's just not the truth. Would Would you say that's one of the biggest things is putting pressure on our kids nowadays, or is there some other factor that you're finding that you know why our kids, as the article we started with mentioned, why are they so stressed out nowadays? What is it? it I think one of the biggest factors is comparison. Mm. You know, and and that happens on social media, but it also happens one on one, like people look at um, this person and not really know what's going on in their background. As a parent, I think one of the best ways to navigate that is 
inquire and ask your kid, well, what do you want? What do you want out of life? And then help them navigate what are the steps. Mm. And just focus on your own path. Because if you're looking at somebody, yeah, if you're looking at somebody else's path, that's not the one that you're on. It's only going to bring distress. It's only going to bring discouragement. You have to figure out. So if your path is, I want to be an engineer. So that means you probably have to take some uh, STEM classes or something like that in high school, like Mm -hmm. heavy science. You probably have to go to a good school that has an engineering program. Then you have to look for internships and, you know, just thinking through what is my path and moving toward that. Looking behind you and around you, it's not going to be helpful. Sure. Well, I don't know about the listeners out there, but I sure have learned a lot today on this episode of our podcast. We want to thank Tracy Terrace for coming and talking to you about, you know, how to deal with your child's disappointment you know, something I want to leave our listeners with today is, you know, at heart, we, we often talk about this. And even on the last podcast, Mr. John Turner, the Placerita principal, talked about this. We often encourage kids to get involved, which is a good thing for school. Get involved in something that you're, you know, you're motivated for here at school. There's a connection there. But at what point do you overload yourself? And have, how, how often have you seen kids that are trying to do too much? Um, and again, to the detriment of, of their mental health. And where's that balance? How can we, as parents or as school, as educators, how can we help these kids find that balance? Is there anything you want to leave our listeners with today to any final last thoughts in regards to that or anything else? Yeah, I, I actually think uh, parents are, I, I started having private practice um, back in 2012, but I've been doing this since 2005. And over the years, what I have noticed is uh, parents are actually pulling back a little bit and mm-hmm. having ground rules of, okay, you can have two things outside of the family. I know that's our ground rule is one thing outside of the family and one thing at church, mm-hmm. you know, and so helping them navigate by uh, having family rules. Like we don't stress ourselves out. We don't overload ourselves. We do have family. We do want to get together on the weekends and do things just as a family. And if you're loaded down and overloaded, then yeah, you're not going to get that time. So on the, on the one hand, I, it seems to me out there that parents are doing a little better job at not allowing them to have three or four sports at one time, you know, plus dance or, or whatever. And so just being mindful of not only your schedule so that you are available to your child, but being mindful of your child's schedule and it's okay to say no to them. Right. You know, we so are so afraid to say no to our kids, but you have to be able to say no to your kids so that they can say no to themselves later. Such a great point and something to think about out there as you're listening to this today. Um, again, thank you, Tracy. Um, you're welcome. The the piece about saying no there at the end is, is just fantastic, and I need to remind myself of that for my own kids. <laughs> so we, uh, we, we thank you guys for listening to the Heart to Heart podcast. And again, thank you, Tracy, for being here, and we will take you out again uh, with our podcast music. Have a good day, Heart. Heart.